It's been my prayer for the past two weeks, or the past few weeks. Um, my son um, has been waiting to hear whether he's going to get a full-time job or not. Um, my niece, she um, got into University of Hawaii, and her first week was, of course, the week Hurricane Lane came, right? And you're like, I haven't had a hurricane in 25 years. But, you know, of course, it's the, the week, you know, my, my niece goes to school. And then, of course, like Typhoon Jebby, right? That happened last week. And, and I know that there are times when, when I feel anxious and when I'm tense and I think about all these concerns on my mind, my, my natural response is to want the saving more than the Savior. And so this song has been so special to me because it helps me keep focused on, on who God is, that he is our Savior, that he's the giver, that he's the healer. And so um, I think that... Um, that a lot of times we've been, we've been studying the family of God. And, and of course, you know, God is our Heavenly Father. And of course, you know, we're going to ask him, Lord Jesus, please help my son get this job. Or we're going to say, please be with, you know, my niece. It's, you know, it's already hard enough to go to college, let alone go to college when there's a hurricane. Or, you know, you think of Typhoon Jebby and, and all the destruction. And, and of course, we're going to go to our Heavenly Father with those things. But I think that today's passage, he's really, God, our Father, is inviting us to go deeper with him. And he's inviting us to, to, to not just seek the things or his gifts, but to seek him. And so I'm going to show you a video of what I think, a little bit, of what, I, of what our Heavenly Father is like. And it's kind of cute, so I hope you enjoy it. But I found this on YouTube. I don't know this family. <laughs> I don't know this dad. But it, it kind of gives us a picture of what our Heavenly Father is like. Let's watch it. Like a mini, mini pool. Here, I'll catch you. Come on, jump. It's just not shallow. Right, jump to me. Two, no. Three. Go. 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 Jump. Come on, jump. I love that video. I could watch it like a million times. I have watched it a million times. But I love, you know, how the son, he's at the edge of the pool, and his dad's inside, and he has his arms open, and he's like, jump, jump, you know? And this two-year-old is like, uh, I only know 50 words probably, and I don't know if you're saying what I think you're saying, but I think jump means to jump, but, uh, you know, and he's like, no, no. And the dad's like, come on, come on. And you could hear his nervous laugh, like, ah, you know? And he's like, come on. And, and you know, if you can imagine, like, usually when they go in the spa, right, the dad is carrying him and they walk into the spa and everything's fun and they play in the water but what's this new thing what's this new thing where I had to jump from the edge of the spa and jump into your arms like we've never done that before and so I think a lot of times we are being in God's family is like this right we're at the edge of the pool and our heavenly father is like jump jump you can do this and we're like, no, I don't know, right? I don't know. I'm in college for the first time, and there's a hurricane lane that's coming, and, and I go to the store, and there's no more water in the store. Like, I don't know if I can do this. But our Heavenly Father's like, jump, jump. And I love the son's um, reaction, right, when he jumps. I love that everyone's cheering, and they're like, yay. And the son is kind of like, whoa, 
I did it. Like he kind of amazed himself that he actually jumped and he's amazed at the father who actually caught him, right? He's never experienced that before. And you know, he's like, oh, we did it. And he's so excited. And then you know what? For the next hour, they're doing it for like another hundred times, right? It's just a fun thing. They're amazed at what he, what he can do. And he's even more amazed about what his father can do. That his father is so much more than he imagined. Like he knew his father could carry him in, but he didn't know that his father could actually catch him. And so that's what today's story is about. It's about the disciples really understanding who Jesus is, that he's, he's more than they thought he was. And so we're going to look at um, Luke 8, 22 through 25. So if you have your phones, you can press the buttons and go in. <laughs> but, you know, it's these kinds of experiences, as you click, I'll explain, that, you know, it's these kinds of experiences that we need to have these connections that really grow and build our trust and our faith in God. Like we can intellectually say, oh yeah, you know, I'm standing on the edge. I know you can catch me. That's cool. I got, you know, I, I know it. But it's a totally different experience when you jump in and you, you know that this is scary. You know that this is hard and your father catches you. And that's when it really comes to the heart and we really begin to believe that God is faithful and we learn that he is more than we thought he was. Okay, so let's look at Luke 8, 22 to 25. I hope there's no typos. Okay, one day he, Jesus, he got into a boat with his disciples and suggested that they cross to the other shore. So they set off. And as they were sailing, he fell asleep. He was exhausted. Okay, a violent wind swept down on the lake, and the boat began to fill dangerously with water. Master, master, shouted the disciples coming and waking him up. Master, we're lost. The Greek words literally would be, we're going to die. Okay, we are going to die. He got up and scolded the wind and the waves, and they stopped, and there was a flat calm. Where's your faith? He asked them. They were afraid and astonished. Who is this? Who is this then? They asked one another. If he can give orders to the wind and the water and they obey him. So the, the disciples and Jesus, they're on the Sea of Galilee. And I've never been to the Sea of Galilee, but I read in N.T. Wright's book, Simply Jesus, that in the parking lot, there are signs that say, there are big waves, the wind is so strong that there are waves that are gonna come over and they're gonna like wet your car. Like pretty much your car, it doesn't seem like it now because it's dry, but the winds can get so rough, your car is in the splash zone. So be careful. I mean, to think your, your car is in the parking lot and the winds can get so, way, so big that your car is in the splash zone. That's crazy right? And so they're in, the, they're in the boat, and it's not the fiberglass boats that we have today, right? It's made out of wood. It's not really that well put together. And if you can imagine the wind and the rain and the waves and, and the storm, it doesn't really describe it. It's not really a storm. It's really a hurricane. Like, that would be the better word for it. They're in the boat with this hurricane, and the water is just filling up the boat, like, it is filling up the boat. If you can imagine, it's like this wave from Typhoon Debbie, 
I mean, if you can imagine, like who could ever imagine waves that big? And I don't know if it was that big, but this is pretty big, right? It's just to help us get an understanding of what they're, what's they're going through. And the winds are so strong. I don't know if you can see, this is not a good picture, but you can go to the next one. And Typhoon Jebby, the winds were so strong, it knocked over a truck, pushed the truck across the street, and started to rip off the side of the truck. I mean, literally, the side of the truck began to peel off, if you can tell. It's peeling off, and if you watch the video, the side of the truck flies off into the air. It's crazy. And you could hear this Japanese woman talking, and I don't know what she's saying, because I don't know Japanese, but in my mind, I can imagine she's like, oh my gosh, we are going to die, <laughs> right? The wind is so strong. And if you can imagine what it must be like for them, you know, to be in this and to like try to get the water out, but the water's just coming in and they're gonna sink and they're like, we're gonna die. And they have enough faith in Jesus to go to him and wake him up. Like they know he's smart, they know he's their leader, they know he's wise, they know he's done some miracles, he's healed some people, he, you know, made a way for us to get a lot of fish. So they know enough to go to Jesus. They have enough faith to go to him and say, Master, Master, help us, we're gonna die but they were not even prepared to see what happened next. No one, they could not even imagine what would happen next. And so they wake him up and Jesus gets up and you know it's bad. You know the hurricane is bad because Jesus doesn't waste any time. He immediately, at the sound of his voice, he immediately rebukes the wind and the waves and they stop that there's this calm, there's this peace. The huge waves are no longer there. It's like you're on the Doppler 7, whatever that thing is called, and you're looking at it and it's going and all of a sudden it's gone. And you're like, what's wrong? Did the computer, does the machinery break down? No, it was gone. The hurricane was gone at the sound of his voice. And then Jesus asks, where's your faith? Now the Greek word for this Pistis? I don't know if I'm saying it right. But it's a word that has to do with faith, with believing in someone, believing in God. Believing in God as the ruler and creator of the world, of everything. But it's not, it's something, it has to do with God's persuasion, his God, his divine persuasion. It's something that is not um, created by something that we can do on our own power, you know? It's not like Jesus said, where's your faith? And, and the disciples are like, oh, okay, let's, come on, we gotta be faithful, we gotta be faithful, we have to trust them, we have to trust them. No, it's this faith that God generates and creates within us. It's a faith where he's like persuading us to trust in him. Like he wants us to see who he is and how big and great and awesome he is so that we can have faith in him, so that we can put our trust in him. It's like his good gift to us. Faith is his good gift to us that we receive. It's not something that we can kind of generate on our own. And so when he says, where is your faith? He's inviting us to trust in him to have faith in him, to believe in him. Now in the Greco-Roman gods during that time, the, the, the Greco-Roman gods and the leaders, they claimed to be divine and they, they claimed to be able to calm the sea. 
And we know in the Old Testament, right, that, the, that in Genesis 1, right, that God calmed the watery chaos. We know in Exodus 14 that, that God, like, made the Red Sea into dry land. And in the Psalms, there's so many Psalms that talk about God's power. Like in Psalm 107, 29, it says, He made the storm as quiet as a whisper. The waves of the ocean calmed down. And so the disciples, they know this stuff. They know what the stories of the Greco-Roman gods and leaders. They know the stories that they heard, you know, in the Old Testament. And so they're trying to figure this out. Like, this was their rabbi. This was their leader. This was, I mean, he did some miracles. But what does this mean? And they're just beginning to figure out that he is so much more than they thought he was. And it's this process of figuring it out, of unveiling, of understanding, of persuasion, of God persuading us to trust in him, to know him and see him, not just for what he can do for you, but for who he really is. He's doing that. He did that for the disciples back then, and he's doing that for us today. That he wants us to create in us a, a faith in him that goes beyond what we could ever imagine. He wants us to understand that he is so much more than we ever thought he was. He's kind of like the Father, the Heavenly Father, who calls to us with his arms open wide, encouraging us, jump, jump. But it's hard, right? I mean, this is the Jesus answer, right? Who's your, where's your faith? And we would all say, God, of course, of course we would say God. But in reality, right, it's like, ooh, maybe my money, maybe my job, maybe my abilities. Maybe when life feels comfortable, that's when I feel secure, right? But where's your faith? It's kind of a scary question because, you know, but it's a healthy kind of scary because it helps us to think, okay, where, where is our faith? Where do we put our trust? What is the reality? Oswald Chambers, he wrote this famous devotional, um, My Utmost, for his highest. He writes, faith for my deliverance is not faith in God. But faith means, whether I'm visibly delivered or not, I will stick to my belief that God is love. And so God is inviting us to go deeper, to want him more than anything, to trust in him even when things don't go our way. To trust in him, even when life gets hard. Jumping into our Father's arms, it takes humility and courage, and it requires that we trust. It's that experience of really trusting in him that we, we begin to build, that, you know, that God builds our faith, and we understand how big he really is. Like, if we don't jump, we won't know how capable our Father is. If we don't jump, we won't know how big he is. And just like the toddler did, when he jumped and he was like amazed at what he could do, like he didn't think he could do it, but when he jumped and he was like, oh, look what I just did, right? That we'll be amazed too, that when we take our steps of faith, we'll be, whoa, I didn't think I could handle that, but I can. And even greater when we take those jumps of faith, we're like, whoa, God, I didn't think he could handle that, but he can. And he's so much greater than what we think he is. And he loves us so much. And so I thought for this next few minutes, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward.
And I'm going to ask them to um, play quietly and instrumental so that everyone can come forward. And I'm going to ask us to just spend a few moments um, to just allow the Spirit to um, kind of speak to us and allow maybe the concerns of our hearts that weigh on us to surface. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm stressed, I'm just like, I'm going to clean, or I'm going to eat, or I'm not stressed. You know, I just try and, like, put it down. I'm good. People ask me, they call, hey, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I got to clean the house, right? I mean, when I get anxious and there's the weight of concern and anxiety and worry come on me, I just try to, like, not just, you know, suppress it. And just do things to relieve my uncomfortability, my un- discomfort. I, I do things to kind of relieve the anxiety. But I think God is inviting us to, like, let it surface. Like, trust me with it. Come to me with it. And so we're just going to spend a few moments. It won't be too uncomfortable. But we're just going to, like, sit in quiet, get comfortable, take a deep breath if you have to, maybe a few Close your eyes if that helps. And just allow the Spirit to just bring to your mind some of the concerns, not the day-to-day concerns like, exactly, like, oh, where are we going to eat lunch after this, right? Just some of the more weightier concerns that, that, that bring anxiety and worry 